the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Happy July 13th, 2021. There was only one book on foreign policy in 1992 that anyone cared about. It was Francis Fukuyama's book, The End of History and the Last Man, about the end of the Cold War and the triumph of Western values seen through the Hegelian lens of historicism. You could not count the reviews and discussions and seminars and critiques it generated. There's not really a good modern analog. It was perhaps as big as the closing of the American mind. And it was a problematic book on a lot of fronts. For one thing, it did not foresee or describe previous militant Islam, a major ideological, if not geopolitical, failing. About Cuba, though, much in the news today, Dr. Fukuyama wrote this, quote, the fact remained that from a low point in the early 1970s, when only a handful of Latin American countries were democratic, by the beginning of the 1990s, Cuba and Guyana were the only countries in the Western Hemisphere not permitting reasonably free elections, close quote. Of course, as we discussed yesterday, it's not like this phenomenon began in the 1970s or 1990s. It was true of Cuba under Castro, under communism, from the get-go in 1959. Now, Fukuyama would go on to write in his book, quote, communism, which had once portrayed itself as a higher and more advanced form of civilization than liberal democracy, would henceforth be associated with a high degree of political and economic backwardness. While communist power persists in the world, it has ceased to reflect a dynamic and appealing idea. Those who call themselves communists now find themselves fighting continuous rear guard actions to preserve something of their former position. And power communists now find themselves in the unenviable position of defining an old and reactionary social order whose time has long since passed, like the monarchists who managed to survive into the 20th century. The ideological threat they once posed to liberal democracy is finished. And with the withdrawal of the Red Army from Eastern Europe, much of the military threat will be gone as well. Close quote. Well, <clears throat> what of other authoritarianism? like Putinism. And how many self-proclaimed socialists were in the House of Representatives or Senate in 1992 when Fukuyama was writing this? Answer, none. Today, one U.S. senator, senator runner-up for the Democratic nomination for the presidency, and at least four members of the House of Representatives. And then several in Democratic Party leadership who continue to endorse all of the above against primary opposition, who continue to defend them, who continue to put them on important committees and send them money, including the National Democratic Congressional Committee and the National Democratic Senatorial Committee and the Speaker of the House of Representatives and the Majority Leader of the U.S. Senate. We spoke yesterday of the apologists for Cuba and the Castro regime from Harvard in 1959 to Barack Obama and Jeff Flake in 2014. Jeff Flake rewarded today by the Biden administration as the ambassador to Turkey. That 
joke pretty much writes itself, but it actually did happen. But despite the defense of Cuba from the likes of Barack Obama and Jeff Flake, the idea then that we had to do something new because, as Barack Obama said, quote, what we had been doing wasn't working, close quote. And here we are with the previous president of Cuba, Fidel Castro's brother, saying he defeated the United States when Barack Obama reversed U.S. policy there and he was in power. And here we are with what Whitaker Chambers called the screams. He wrote, there are always the screams, and every ex-communist knows what I'm talking about. And here we are with an Amnesty International report that says this of Cuba. Now, keep in mind, this is two years after the Obama flake rapprochement with Cuba. The state, quoting Amnesty International from 2016, the state of freedom of expression in Cuba where activists continue to face arrest and harassment for speaking out against the government, is the Castro's darkest legacy. Over more than five decades documenting the state of human rights in Cuba, Amnesty International has recorded a relentless campaign against those who dare to speak out against the Cuban government's policies and practices. Over the years, the organization has documented hundreds of stories of prisoners of conscience, people detained by the government solely for peacefully exercising their right to freedom of expression, association, and assembly. The control of the state over all the aspects of Cubans' life remain a reality. Repression takes new forms in today's Cuba, including the wide use of short-term arrests and ongoing harassment of people who dare to publish their opinions, defend human rights, or challenge the arbitrary arrest of a relative. The government continues to limit access to the Internet, as a key way of controlling both access to information and freedom of expression. Only 25% of the Cuban population is able to get online, and only 5% of homes have Internet access, close quote. Again, that was 2016, two years after Flake and Obama started giving Cuba American dollars. By the way, today, zero Internet in Cuba. Zero. None. What's important to Kamala Harris is not her... Caribbean roots, which one might say is a good thing. But then again, she has no problem affiliating with her background and, um, and ethnicity when it is to her benefit or when it's just not anti-communist, I suppose. She's more concerned about the myth that minorities here in America don't have access to photocopiers, Xerox machines. Meanwhile, they're not allowed to even have the Internet in Cuba. On that, she's silent. It's always America's crimes, even if invented. And as for elections here, unfair, modern Jim Crow, Jim Crow 2.0, worst time to vote as a person of color than any other time of hist- in history, right? Meantime, no elections in Cuba, fraudulent ones in Iran, and nary a word from Biden or Harris. I'm particularly in mind of all this as I contemplate the assault on our Constitution from the left and the Democrats as well. Consider this from Harry Jaffa, quote, the disappearance of any reason for elections will be followed by the disappearance of constitutional government, since such government has no purpose apart from the purpose of elections. It goes without saying, of course, that all revealed religion must also come to an end. For what purpose is there in faith or God if history has revealed all? So what Obama and Biden and Jeff Flake did How do we say it per Obama? Didn't work. It didn't work with Cuba. It didn't work with Iran. 
maybe sending money to tyrants is a bad idea. But then again, that was the basis of foreign policy for the Obama-Biden administration from the Caribbean or Caribbean to the Middle East. Steve Hayward gives us this. One hopes that this is the beginning of the end for the Castro tyranny and just the way that mass protests in Eastern Europe in 1989 presaged the fall of the Berlin Wall in November of that year and the collapse of communist rule shortly thereafter. There are reasons to worry about this scene, however. Protesters took to the streets in cities all around the country, according to media reports. Did these protests happen spontaneously? There are credible reports of building unrest among Cubans for several months now, but protests usually require some planning, coordination, communication. Cuba keeps a tight lid on communications, especially the Internet. It is reported today that Cuba has shut down the Internet to hinder further protest planning, as we reported above. Cuban intelligence is really good. Can it be they had no inkling that a protest might be reaching a critical mass? Or could this have been a false flag operation? Cuban intelligence to smoke out leading dissidents so as to identify and arrest them. There are lots of examples of the communist regimes of old in Eastern Europe actually setting up or running opposition groups for the very purpose of identifying and arresting potential troublemakers. And protests of any kind in Cuba are exceedingly rare. Keep your eye out to see if we get credible reports of mass arrests, though the Cuban government will likely do this quietly and out of sight of foreign observers to the largest extent possible. Maybe the Cuban regime has grown less competent. Wouldn't be the first time this has happened in a communist country, or has lost its nerve perhaps to some extent. Incompetence is actually the proximate cause of the Berlin Wall coming down in an instant in 1989, but it is good to bear in mind a central fact not that long ago. As Angela Cotavilla once put it, communist rule collapsed when the rulers lost the will to shoot their own people in large enough numbers. Do we think Cuba's rulers have reached that point? I doubt it. Hope to be wrong about that. I know of a credible account from more than 25 years ago when someone asked Fidel and Raul Castro over a fancy dinner what would happen if they liberalized Cuba at all. One of the Castros answered, we'd all be hanging from lampposts in a week. Well, just an update from Cuba's biggest champion in the U.S. Senate, Bernie Sanders. Yesterday, he condemned America for the Cuban embargo, just like Cuban leadership does, just like Barack Obama did, just like Jeff Flake did. Meanwhile, I give you the full Whitaker Chambers quote, Yet there is one experience which most sincere ex-communists share, whether or not they go only partway to the end of the question it poses or not. The daughter of a former German diplomat in Moscow was trying to explain to me why her father, who, as an enlightened modern man, had been extremely pro-communist, had become an implacable anti-communist after his time as a pro-communist. It was hard for her because as an enlightened modern girl, she shared the communist vision but wasn't quite yet ready to call herself a communist, and she loved her father. And the irrationality of his defection had embarrassed her. He was immensely pro-Soviet once upon a time, she said, and then, you will laugh at me, but please don't. He was my father. One night in Moscow, he said he heard screams. That's all. Simply one night, he heard screams. A child of reason in the 20th century, she knew that there was a logic of the mind. She did not know 
that the soul has a logic that be, may be more compelling than the mind's. She did not know at all that she had swept away the logic of the mind, the logic of history, the logic of politics, the myth of the 20th century, with five annihilating words. One night, there were screams. America was founded to stop the screams. How we doing? I'm Seth Leaps. Be right back. Love that voice, Miranda Lambert. My gosh, she's great. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Mr. Llewellyn, the Vice President of All Things Important here at uh, Salem Phoenix, is uh, sitting in as my producer pro tem today. Chris, it's great to have you. Good to see you. How are things in your world? Always good to be here. Thank you. Glad to have you. We'll catch up with you in just a little bit. Let's first check in with Jeff, who's calling in from Phoenix. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Seth. How's it going? I'm well, sir. How are you? I'm great, great, great. I've talked in a while. Anyway, um, just a couple things I wanted to talk about. Um, I lost my notes here. I'm sorry. That's oh. okay. Uh, I have to make notes now. So. That's okay. We all do. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, while you're, while you're finding your notes, <laughs> while you're working on that, I'll tell you the kind of day I'm having. You want to hear about the kind of day okay. I'm having? You have to make notes. Perfect. Yeah. So this morning I was talking to my girlfriend, and she was working on recipes to make a pie. Uh-huh. And what kind? D- different kinds. We were looking at some apples I had given her from okay. an apple tree I have. Oh, there you go. And lunch came around, and I brought her some lunch. And... Those thoughts and conversations about the pie she was making turned into an odd smell when I wore, walked into the house, her house. The mm-hmm. smell I heard smelt was roasted eggplant and lentils. Uh, she was making a lentils, eggplant, and yogurt dish. Oh um, my god! Yes, oh my god is the right response. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I don't know how we go from pie. <laughs> To lentils, eggplant. Oh, I forgot. Tomatoes and yogurt. Lentils, eggplant, tomatoes, and yogurt. That doesn't sound good. Yeah, I I have no idea how that happened. I have no idea that how that happened. But this is the kind of that's the second law of thermodynamics. Everything goes to crud, right? (laughs) Well. I don't know if that's what you had your heart set on for. No, it wasn't, or my stomach, or even what grocery stores should be selling, quite frankly. Well, you think about how would that go with a bowl of ice cream? A warm eggplant, tomato, and yogurt. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I mean, from some kind of... Probably very very healthy for you. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. But there are worse things than (laughs) apple pie. Yeah. I mean, you you, you can have good... And you can have American, or you can have eggplant, yogurt, and tomatoes, and lentils. That's not good. All right. So, you know, you lost your notes. I lost I, everything. <laughs> All right. I found my notes. Okay. So here's two, That two was not a bad filler about. for you, was it? That was great. Yeah. I laughed. I'm sure yeah, you did. I'm crying. Laugh. Anytime I can get a laugh today, it's a good thing. All right. At my expense, I'm crying. But okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People laugh at me every day, so. <laughs> hey. <laughs> especially my wife um anyway i wanted to let you know exactly what you were tying into as far as uh, your monologue uh, i don't know if you know about it that tomorrow there is a rally to free the political prisoners 
that are in D.C. DC as, at, right now. And it's called um, the Look Ahead America Rally. Uh, it's called lookaheadamerica.org, AZ Rally. Uh, Paul Gosar will be there and some other uh, state representatives. It's tomorrow night at 6 p.m. at 9445 East Doubletree Ranch Road. And that's in Scottsdale. Okay. And so anybody that would like to come and support or show your support for people that are being held right now for uh, no other reason really than speaking their mind, uh, please come out and uh, show your support. Uh, give me the time one more time. It's from. It starts at 6 p.m. It's at 6 p.m. to 7 Right after this show, so we don't. That's perfect. 9445 right. East Doubletree Ranch Road, 6 p.m. Time. Correct. Correct. And it's called Look Ahead America. Dot org. Fantastic. And Paul Gosar and some others will be there. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, from Arizona. Thank you. So the other thing I wanted to ask you, and I, like I said, I you're happy about our new years. ambassador to Turkey, Jeff Flake. Oh my God! Can you just can someone please just tell me how I can get a hold of Jeff Flake? Well, <laughs> I'd love to first of all, you have to be in the public sector. Yeah, (laughs) evidently, (laughs) evidently, you're not going to find the guy getting a job in the press. I guess he was a commentator for CBS, I guess. Well, he's on the the board at Fox News, but Mm, I call Fox News. I think you're thinking of Paul Ryan. Oh, that's right, Paul Ryan. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, Paul. Keep, keep your. Who I will take, ten, uh... who I would take 10, 10, 10 days out of seven over Jeff Flake. Yeah. yeah I would. Yeah, I would. The worst. Yeah, they're the worst. I, I find it fascinating how these people are can, can insulate themselves so well now from actually speaking to people that will put them on the spot. Yeah. It's fascinating to yeah. me. So here, here's my next point. Here's what I'd like you to do. Is, is there any way that you can get Sal DeCicio on your show and speak to him about this new uh, city council uh, civilian review board you bet. that they are organizing? You bet. Maybe I'll um, do it today. Sal and I have a great relationship. I, I'll reach out shortly. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if you, you may you may be interested in this. There's a advertisement right now on the City of Phoenix website for uh, they're trying to hire someone to uh, run this civilian review board. I don't know if you speak Spanish or not. But they're looking, it, it says right on their thing, uh, they're going to pay someone $165,000 a year plus all the benefits of the city. Oh, please email me this, Jeff. I, I know about 10 people that could do this job better than... Oh, oh yeah. Oh, please and email this to me. Please. I will. I, will I beg you. And I'll get Sal on. And, That's a good idea. And That's, their other thing they say in it, they pre- their preferred person is a Spanish-speaking lawyer. Well, then I That's do qualify. You qualify. All right. All right, Jeff. (laughs) You may have just ended this radio show, but, you know, I'll be in charge of the cops. We can (laughs) love you, man. Thank you. Well worth the wait. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. 34 past the hour brings us our dear friend John Dombrowski. He is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is his website. It's a lot of fun, his website, as he is. And uh, he has also his own radio show here every Saturday morning at 7 a.m., The Word on Wealth. John, how are you this Tuesday? Fantastic, Seth. Yourself? I'm doing just fine. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. This day in history 
we passed the uh, Northwest Ordinance, which opened up everything all the way through to Ohio and banned slavery and instilled schools, one of the great acts of our founding that our, that our modern-day critics know nothing about. Anyway, just uh, we used to do that sort of thing, John, you and I. We should get back understand. in the swing of it, wouldn't we? Yes. Well, we had, I don't know if you saw this report, Seth, about Social Security. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that. So Social Security recipients, of which there are nearly 70 million, are getting a little bit of a bump, huh? Yeah, so each year there's what's called the COLA, and that's, of course, cost of living adjustment. And many of these government programs have these types of uh, attached, uh, you know, increases as uh, the cost of living rises. But uh, based on what we saw today, which was an incredible jump for June, um, 5.4%, Compared to a year earlier, um, this is a big. This was the CPI report that came out, uh, and we're seeing and uh, the potential of one of the highest cost of living adjustments to Social Security recipients um, since its inception. And they're projecting it could be as high as 6.1 percent. So just think about whatever your Social Security benefit is. If you're uh, receiving, you know, two thousand dollars a month. You could be looking at a 6.1% increase in your monthly income for Social Security. Now, the thing is, is that right now we're going through this inflationary period, Seth, but your uh, COLA adjustment does not come into play until January of 2022. So for the next six months, people are going to have to work through whatever those additional costs may be to them until this does occur. Right. And that's the other part of this. Let's let's emphasize that for the Social Security rep- recipients among us, John. If they're expecting this this uh, cost of living adjustment anytime soon, that's not happening anytime soon. Right. But the thought could be if the Fed is correct and, uh, you know, our inflation is transitory, it's very possible that, you know, towards the beginning of 2022, we may see a little bit of a reprieve on some of the, the cost increases that we've been seeing. You know, we always think that, hey, once prices go up, they don't come back down. But that's not true for everything uh, that we consume, and it's very possible that we could see a little bit of a pullback. But, And I would also caution people that this is not a guarantee that this is going to happen. This is just a projection that's being uh, talked about from some educated, um, you know, uh, information that people are receiving. So I would, I would say it's probably going to be close to that. Uh, but don't count on it being exactly 6.1% of, a, of an adjustment. Yeah, and and that and, and the key here, right, is what you point out, John, which is that, uh, you know, the prices of everything else are going up. In some cases, uh, inflation is hitting things at greater percentages than yes. 6.1%. Yep. This is why yep. if you're on what we used to call a fixed income like Social Security, you have even additional problems, which is why people like you exist, isn't it, John? Uh, very true. And, you know, I get a lot of people, Seth, that come in to me and they want to ask, you know, questions about Social Security and when should they take Social Security, how should they take Social Security. There are some strategies that you can use when uh, trying to know exactly what the best timing would be for your Social Security to start. However, I would say this is that a couple of years back, some legislation was passed that really cut uh, a lot of the uh, planning programs uh, out of the, you know, your opportunity now. So I would say this, if you've got questions about when you should collect Social Security, how that should be done, please reach out to us and we'll do whatever we can to help you and guide you uh, along those lines. But oftentimes, one of the uh, 
best ways to do that is just to reach out to Social Security and, and speak directly with them and see what your options are. Fantastic, J.D. Well done. Thank you. You bet. Securities and advisory services offer the Client One Securities LLC, a member of FinRAN Certificate and Investment Advisor, Grant Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. We'll talk tomorrow, Seth. Thank you, John Dombrowski. GrandCanyonPlanning.com. That's GrandCanyonPlanning.com. And I am here for you at 602-508-0960. If you want to go to that rally that was mentioned earlier in the show tomorrow night on behalf of political prisoners being held in the United States, something that you used to say about places like Cuba, you can still say about places like Cuba. The guy who helped open it up got rewarded with the ambassadorship to Turkey today. And that's Jeff Flake. So glad to see he's helping our party out so much. Welcome back. <laughs> we'll be back in uh, two shakes of a lamb's tail. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602 A little Herman's Hermits for you there, written by the great Carol King. Hey, Lou, Chris, uh, my producer for the day, Did you uh, have you seen the Black Widow movie yet? No. I'm the only one. I have to avoid the internet. That's my wheelhouse, and I haven't. Why not? You know, it's. I actually brought this up. It's a great uh, segue into my brain. For some reason, before the pandemic, I told myself, if you would just put any movie at any price at my house, I would do it. And then for some reason, I see it's like 30 bucks to do it at the house. Is it? Yeah, it's about $30. It's not the worst you're going to spend more at the theater yeah i was just going to say you are going to spend more at the theater i feel i feel like i have to have the time like i have to like this is the dedicated like if i were spending like ten dollars or something even if i you know paused it and went back so the money going to the theater i haven't probably not what you wanted to know but the you know i noticed myself not doing it because of the money which is odd i was lying to myself ten dollars is the limit no, not at all. I, I, there is a number, though, at which you would say I'll do it. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, twenty. I, we did it. Uh, my family, right when like the. Is it really episode. thirty bucks to watch? Yeah, it, and you have to have Disney Plus. We ordered one of those like kids movies when you know everything was shut down. Twenty bucks, no big deal. We all hung out. But this is like a movie for me. Mm-hmm, so that's I'm, what I thought. So I feel like guilty. I'm like, yeah. Should I spend thirty? It's everything about it says you. Marvel Comics, Scarlett Johansson. Absolutely. 100%. Right? Yeah. Avengers kinds of stuff. Yeah, ner- nerdy stuff. Yeah. But like $30 for like two hours to spend on myself. I, I Think about I things you've spent $30 on. No, I know. But then, you know. A the, mood ring. No, but. Probably. But then if anybody asks you, you know, if a kid is like, hey, can I have this? Be like, no. And they're like, well, I just spent You haven't heard my Adam Carolla imitation yet, have you? I would. Love. Right. I would not pay thirty dollars for it. I was just I gonna say, to, would you pay nineteen ninety nine for it? I might pay twenty dollars. I might do it for nineteen ninety nine. Okay, so do you need a setup? Uh, well, if you think of one, let's do it. And Should I come back? Well, what is Corolla's uh, intro music? We'll come back in the next. No, episode. yeah, maybe that yeah. could be fun. Okay. All right, the big story, and I want to talk to the Holmans about this because I think there's there's a lot to this actually. The <clears throat> the big story is. Um, These Texas legislators, Democrats, who have fled the state so as not to create, not to constitute a quorum at the state capitol. And the reason they have to leave the state is so that they can be considered – oh, Chris, check your email real quick. Uh, The the, – 
the, the, the reason they leave the state – sorry, I lost track for a second. The reason they are leaving the state is so that they are not within the arrest authority, not within the uh, precinct of, of law uh, of the state of Texas – where they can be uh, obliged via the power of the of, of arrest to to uh, to to fulfill their their legislative duties. Now they are doing this in um, the name of uh, election uh, reform or at least uh, election equality because they are doing this to protest Republican sponsored election excuse me election integrity measures. And I want to talk about that. Joe Biden gave a speech on it today. It is the most unwound I've ever heard him. It is uh, the equivalent he is doing to the Texas law. He is doing to Republican efforts to ensure the sanctity of our elections what Ted Kennedy did to Robert Bork with the worst forms of of hyperbole and the deepest forms of demagoguery. Do you have a little of Joe Biden? I'm, I want to spend some time on this. Listen to a little bit of Joe Biden today. Go, go ahead with clip one, Chris. If you have it. America today, there's an unfolding assault taking place in America today, an attempt to suppress and subvert the right to vote and fair and free elections. An assault on democracy, an assault on liberty, an assault on who we are, who we are as Americans. For make no mistake, bullies and merchants of fear, peddlers of lies are threatening the very foundation of our country. Gives me no pleasure to say this. I never thought in my entire career I'd ever have to say it. But I swore a note to you to God, to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution. And that's an oath that forms a sacred trust to defend America against all threats, both foreign and domestic. Domestic threats. Notice how he emphasizes, you can hold it there, Chris. Hold it there for a second. I just want you to notice how he emphasizes threats being domestic. And I want you to understand what it meant that people applauded for that. Just think about that. He goes on to say in this speech, the 21st century Jim Crow assault is real. It's unrelenting, and we're going to challenge it vigorously. Think about that. Jim Crow here, and we're going to challenge it vigorously. Um, The Texas legislators who left the city uh, and state, left uh, Austin, left Texas to— keep from having to be counted as a quorum so that the bills can go forward in Texas. Let me ask you something. Is this morally different? Is this morally different when legislators flee the state so that they can flee the law to avoid doing their constitutional duties they were elected to Is that any different in disturbing the operations of government, the operations of democracy? Is it any morally different than what the Democrats are accusing Republicans of doing on January 6th? Now, let me say about that sentence, Republicans in January 6th. 
Republicans in January 6th. I don't even know, and it would be interesting to know, how many of the 400-plus people arrested are even registered as Republicans. We know a few of the famous uh, or or the well-known ones like Ashley Babbitt were. But I don't know this, and I don't know of a single Republican, a single Republican office holder of any repute whatsoever who did anything but denounce what happened on January 6th. This creation of a straw man that the Republican Party is represented by January 6th and that election reforms that will make voting in Texas easier, more accessible than voting in certain blue states like Maryland and Colorado, make it easier there to compare that to Jim Crow 2.0 and to compare that to an assault on our democracy on the level of January 6th as Joe Biden is doing here and casting all Republicans in that paternalism is about the worst form of demagoguery. And it sure is a shame this president who spoke about uniting There's a reason why they define uniting differently than I do. And it's in Joe Biden's speech as well. And I'll tell you about that when we come right back. Listen to Joe Biden today. In 2020, democracy was put to a test, first by the pandemic, then by a desperate attempt to deny the reality of the results of the election, and then by a violent and deadly insurrection on the Capitol, the citadel of our democracy. Deadly because one rioter was killed mysteriously. And I say mysteriously not because we don't know how, but because we don't know who and we don't know why. Ashley Babbitt was the only death that day, the only death from the riot. She was killed by someone in uniform. If she was shot in the back, she was unarmed. If this were a person of the left or of a different color, we'd well know who shot her he or she would have been put on leave and would be in jail right now instead of the numerous Americans who are in jail right now on misdemeanor charges heading into their seventh month when misdemeanors carry a penalty of less than six months. But in any event, Joe Biden continues, and in spite of what you see on television, you have senators saying it was just a day at the Capitol, just people visiting the Capitol. I want to know the senator who said that. Joe Biden is lying to you. There is no senator who said January 6th was just a day at the Capitol, just people visiting the Capitol. It's a lie. It's a lie in the service of something much darker, which I will tell you about. Keep listening to Joe. Folks, but we met the test because of the extraordinary courage of election officials, many of them Republicans, our court system and those brave Capitol police officers, because of them, democracy held. Do you really think, by the way, democracy was put in jeopardy by 800 people unorganized with different agendas, misfits? Do you really think democracy was put? I mean, we were told of how problematic the Capitol Police response was. They were doing their work that night. The congressmen and senators were back at the job in the Capitol that night. Just how serious of a threat to democracy was this? And... 
since when is it okay for public leaders, especially after the second Gulf War, to exaggerate, excuse me, exaggerate and hyperbolize threats to this country? We doing that now? That's okay now? Evidently, it is. Listen to what Joe Biden said. Because of them, democracy held the Capitol Police officers. Look how close it came. I mean, for real, how close it came. We're going to face another test in 2022 and a new wave of unprecedented voter suppression and raw and sustained election subversion. We have to prepare now. The tell here is look how close it came when he says that. Look how close it came. His victory is what he's talking about. Because it was not close that these 800 nobodies, you can't even tell me a name of the ringleader. None of these 800 misfits were going to... No, he's talking about his election. Look how close it came. That's the test. It's about electing Democrats, not the process of democracy.